It's Old Timey Crimey, Halloween Edition. All October, Christy and Scott will be trick-or-treating you to the spookiest in vintage crime. Each week in October, you'll shiver to the tales of the Mad Gasser of Mattoon, the Croglin Grange Vampire, Spring Heel Jack, and the Bell Witch. So gather round the campfire, boys and ghouls, and listen to a true spooky tale from Christy and Scott. <laughs> Disease can spread in many ways, via bloodborne pathogen, airborne viruses, even common bacteria. But diseases don't have to have a physical property. Diseases can be ideas spread through panic and fear. Such may be the case with the Mad Gasser of Mattoon. Y'all listening to Old Tiny Crappy. Crimes from the golden age of yesteryear. Now, here's your host, Christy and Scott. Hey, it's Old Timey Crimey! I'm Christy! I'm filled to the brim with CBD. Hi, <laughs> filled to the brim with CBD. Nice you, to meet you. You can Dad just call jokes. You can just call me Phil. <laughs> Dad joke rebuttal. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Good teamwork, good teamwork. Absolutely. High five, self high five. There it is. <laughs> How's your week been, buddy? It's been pretty good. It's had its highs. Um, (laughs) (laughs) As have you, apparently. I'm not high. I'm just relaxed. Like, this is the way normal people feel. The anxiety's (laughs) off the edge. But tell us about your high week. Um, Well, as you know, because you posted it uh, yourself, uh, the uh, local library chose me as one of their local authors. I'm so proud of you, buddy. It it does help to know Barb. Yes, it does. (laughs) It does help to know Barb. But so, uh, yeah, I was, I'm in their display as a, a, a local author to encourage people to get library cards. Next to Neil Gaiman. Next to Neil Gaiman, yes, that was very exciting. Next to Neil Gaiman. I don't even know if Barb just did that just for, like, to, the picture to show me, but I was still very excited. I don't care. Just to, even to temporarily have mine, because Neil Gaiman is in the display, too. He's not a local author, but they, they managed to get some some big names from mm-hmm. out, of, out of the area in on it, too. And Neil Gaiman's a huge proponent of libraries. So, so yeah, um... She did that, and then while we were in the process of doing that, she was like, send me the, the, you know, information on the books that your stories are in. I was like, okay. And so today, in addition to the fact that uh, as far as hits are concerned for the the Facebook, you know, campaign that they're doing with these library card pictures, um, yeah, they took a picture of me with a comically large library card. Uh, I'm second only to Neil Gaiman. Oh my god. I know, That's right? incredible. For those that haven't listened to past shows, we have a very close friend. Her name's Bard. She's the head librarian. I think she's a... I'm sorry, Barb. We totally know what you do. She shuffles books. She's a book shuffler. She's definitely librarian. Yeah. I don't know if she's head librarian because I thought she, she only was... just started. Yeah, but I think she applied for the job of head librarian. Maybe. I know. I remember I was really proud of her because I was uh, like, that's fucking yeah. amazing. Yeah. So yeah, and in addition to that, you can now go down to the library and check out the anthologies that my short stories are in. Yeah. And you can you can go down there and go, just uh, go up to like one of the librarians and say, who's the, uh, who's the English looking dude standing next to Christy Baxter? <laughs> Yes, please. If, if you come to Johnstown, absolutely go to the library and do that. That would be fantastic. It would make my week. It would make my life. Yeah, so that was very exciting. She sent me the pictures of the books today, uh-huh. uh, like with their IT guy holding them, and I was like, Ah, oh, those are my books 
in like library format and everything. Oh, that's incredible. not my books, but the anthologies I'm featuring. Right. So, so yeah, and one of them's a Johnstown Flood story, so it's it's absolutely pertinent too. So that's yeah, very nice. very exciting. How about you? How's your week going? My week's been going great now that I'm filled to the brim with CBD. <laughs> It's, oh man, there is some bittersweetness to it. And a friend of mine and I were talking. I walk into the local convenience store. I look down at my hand. I have a package of CBD, right? And my friend, his mother passed away of cancer. My mother passed away of cancer. Mm -hmm. And it's like one of those situations where we're looking at it going like, if this just would have happened sooner, we might still have them. Possibly. I don't know what the trials are on CBD and cancer. Looking good. I know that they're working on some stuff with uh, tremors mm-hmm. and Parkinson's. I'm pretty sure with CBD, if I'm remembering correctly. It was like a year ago that I found that, that study. So, so yeah. Um, you know, And I have tremors, so that would be very exciting. So. Have you tried the CBD stuff? I have. It gives me panic attacks. Oh, no. I know. It's weird. I'm not entirely it's... sure if it was that that gave me the panic attacks or what, but it just happened too frequently for me to be like, eh, I kind of backed away. I think you just need some full-blown THC. Well, you know, probably. <laughs> <laughs> when was the last time you tried? Never mind. <laughs> so, Three hours ago. Speaking of drugging people. Well, yeah, and vaporous drugs at that, too. Yeah, yeah, right, right. Maybe somebody was hitting the bong. We are doing hitting the bong. Maybe, yeah, maybe a whole town. The mad bonger of Mattoon. <laughs> a whole town hitting the reefer. <laughs> exactly. Wouldn't be the first time it was the 40s. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we're doing the mad gasser of Mattoon this week. I think this is the only time we've had a subject... Who has a toy based on them? Yes, yes, I think you're correct so far. Yeah. As far as I know, he who shall not be named does not have a toy yeah, named after Absolutely him. not, nor does really anybody yeah. that we have. You can actually go buy, I think it's like Monster in My Pocket mm-hmm. or something yeah. like that. Monster in My Pocket, you can buy the Mad Gasser of Mattoon. Yeah. <laughs> I was so tempted. <laughs> I was so tempted. We were going to maybe put him in Slothy's paws and let him slowly eviscerate the criminal. Could be a giveaway sometime. Might be. Might be. So, yeah. I could make a whole bunch. The Mad Gasser of Mattoon, I could make a whole bunch of copies of it if I got one. And we could do, like, funky Mad Gassers. Oh, that would be fun. And then get hit with copyright infringement. (laughs) Yeah. Get our first cease and desist. Nice. Everybody's got to have that that, that milestone in their career. Absolutely. So, yeah, um, my sources are generally, there's a couple of, like, random little bits of info that I have, but my, that I'll, and I'll put sources for everything in the, in the show notes, but my main sources, I uh, came from Alan Bellows at Damn Interesting, uh, Debbie Carlson, Belt Magazine, Ray Cox, the Roanoke Times, uh, actually, uh, <laughs> This is only a, this is just for the, the sheer incongruity of it that I'm mentioning this one, because I only have a small little bit on this, but... Don Grubin and Lars Madsen uh, from the Journal of Forensic Psychiatry and Psychology. Ooh. <laughs> I know, using my Google Scholar access. Well, now I'm feeling shit. a little silly because crack.com is one of mine, and I even looked at one. I disagree, cracked. <laughs> Cindy Klickna, Illinois Times, Doug McGowan, Historic Mysteries, uh, of course, Wikipedia, always. Uh, Leslie Mio at Eastern Illinois University has a very interesting page on this where you can tr- like go look through the various pieces of evidence and kind of form your own conclusion. And Ooh. that's what I used also to make my little map that I made. The Charleston Daily Courier and American Hauntings. Nice. I love American Hauntings. I am glad there was one source in there that you mentioned 
that I, I kind of thought that, oh, I'm glad she found that. Damn interesting. Okay, all right. I yeah. am glad you found damn interesting because there is a website and a podcast that lives up to its name. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, they did an amazing article on the sex life of the banana <laughs> that was incredible. Their, their, uh, their podcast on Colonel Sanders was amazing. So, yes, believe me. If you listen to only one podcast this year, make sure it's old-timey crimey. <laughs> but if you can somehow squeeze in a second, probably it should be last podcast on the left. After that, maybe what if. But then, you know, fourth podcast down should be damn interesting. Uh, give Pretend Radio a try. Ooh. I'm finding this. It's not, it's not what it sounds like. It's not fictional accounts. It's people pretending to be something else or someone else. And, the, you know, the host, like, interviews people. They okay. start with a three-parter on a cult. A cult, not the occult. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, and there's been the several... two often walk hand in hand. Yeah, yeah well, yeah. And there was a really interesting episode that made my blood pressure skyrocket today. On that, what, what we, I think we mentioned it even last week. The the bleach cure that cures you know oh, yes. like autism and AIDS and cancer and you know depression and it was just ridiculous. And I'm, oh, there were several points during that because they they try to look at both sides mm-hmm. whenever they can get somebody you know everybody to talk to them, but. But yeah, really good. I'm, I'm really enjoying that one. So anyhow. I've been doing the bleach cure. My poops are the whitest poops you'll ever see in your life. All my poops are Caucasian. Oh, they do this in an enema for autistic children. Oh my it's God. It's pretty horrifying. So let's talk about something. Horrifying. That, that it's horrifying, but not as horrifying as bleach enemas in children. Uh, so yeah, the, the, the mad gasser of Mattoon. Let's talk a little bit about Mattoon. Mattoon is extremely interesting little town. Uh, Mattoon is only like 10.3 square miles big. So we're not talking a very big town. Mm-mm. Population in 2018 is around 17,000. It was pretty similar back then, from yeah, my understanding. 15,827 yeah. was the population at the time that we're speaking of, the 1940s. Burger King. Oh boy. Here it comes. It is the home of the only Burger King that is not part of the BK Corporation. Really? Yes. Did they get a cease and desist? <laughs> they did. So there, there's this restaurant in Mattoon called Burger King mm. that was around before Burger King. In 1968, the BK Corporation tried to close down Burger King, even put a restaurant next to it, like Burger King, and here's Burger King. Oh my gosh. Right? So we got a Burger King on every corner. So little Burger King sued big Burger King and fucking won. Mm-hmm. To this day, the restaurant still stands. There are not allowed to be any Burger King fast food restaurants within 20 miles. Oh my God, that's not. The nearest Burger King is 25 miles away in Tuscaloosa, Illinois. Oh my gosh. Um, this may come into play. It's a traditionally manufacturing-based economy, mm-hmm. but it has lost several plants in the last 25 years. And it is the bagel capital of the world, home of the world's largest bagel. Everybody's got to have something. Exactly. You know, we, exactly. we have a devastating flood that, that, that claimed many, many lives. And, and that, we're proud of it. Oh, we're damn proud we're of it. We're extremely proud of our history of wet death and racism here. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> And you know they Mattoon has a big bagel, mm-hmm. and the uh, the real Burger King, in yeah. my opinion, actual Burger King's never going to be a sponsor. Definitely not. There are some notable residents. Okay, too. let's hear them. Any uh, anybody invent anything that churns butter using the power of 
Now wait for it. Cats. No. <laughs> no. Thought I'd switch it up. But something much more important. Edward M- Mills Purcell, physicist. Oh, okay. So he's from there. Doug Evans, bassist for the digits. Gadabout Gaddis, fly fishing TV host. Love that name. Yeah. Love that name. I don't it, care if it's fake. I love it. It's amazing. Jackie Moran, actor. Uh, Daniel Lee Seibert, serial killer. Oh. Is from Mattoon. Brian Stork, Super Bowl champ, and Hope Summers, actress. Okay. So for a little town, yeah, it's got kind of a kind of a really cool little history. I think any town's really like that. If you dig deep enough, you're going to find some cool stuff. Mm-hmm. But and I find it interesting out of everything that's happened here with the Burger King and the serial killer and the famous people. Mad Gasser. Mad Gasser is the one that, yeah. is, that is all over the internet, that's all over the podcast, because it is a really interesting and mysterious occurrence that happened. It was He was also known in, in the papers as the Phantom Anesthetist, as the Phantom Anesthetist, leave it in, <laughs> or the Anesthetic Prowler. I love that. The Phantom Anesthetist sounds like a superhero. It really does. They should yeah. be fighting next to Thor. Should have a cape and everything. Exactly. I picture him dressed up like the shadow with like a wide rim fedora and a mask over his face. Yes. And I were on radio and I've got my hand covering my mouth. This is perfect. <laughs> good radio. Good radio, Scott. There's a lot of people listening going like, I preferred it whenever he had his hand over his mouth. <laughs> to be honest. Uh, so yeah, it was, it started on August 31st, 1944. And this lasted for a little while. It was about two weeks or so yeah. of of attacks with 35 potential victims. We start with uh, victim one was Urban Reef, uh, or Rafe, depending really. It I was a very odd spelling. Yeah, most places I saw it R-A-E-F. And then in one place, the first place I looked, I saw it R-E-E-F. So that's how I have it in my notes because I was like, well, I, I shall continue as I began. I did. I did. Possible misspelling. I thought of it as Reef because it's R-A-E-F. Yeah. And the first thing I saw when I saw the A and the E next to each other was the old cartoon, Eon Flux. Oh, okay. Yeah. With that little A and E connected, mm-hmm. and that's an actual term. There's something for it. I'm not going to look it up. It's it's like the vowel version of an interrobang. Exactly. So he wakes up. It's, it's Thursday night, August 31st, and his bedroom smells so bad that he actually gets physically ill from like, it. It's a sweet smell. Yeah, like cloying, sickeningly sweet. You yes. know, like... If, it, it's hard to imagine something like sweet. We think, oh, you know, a good sweet smell, like like cookies or something like imagine that. Imagine Baskin Robbins times 10. Yeah, I think that it's one of those things that there can be too much. Mm-hmm. And there's certain chemicals that do have that signature scent. So he wakes up his wife uh, and she's like, well, maybe it's the pilot light. That's a very logical mm-hmm. conclusion to come to. She gets up to check it. Nope, she doesn't get up. She can't get up. She can't move her legs. She just flops like a flounder. And Urban Reef begins to vomit Mm -hmm. and just cannot stop. Yeah. Which is hilarious and terrifying all at the same time. (laughs) And it's, yeah, it's terrifying to imagine. I've had sleep paralysis. That sucks. But at least with sleep paralysis, I think you're you're still in that kind of dozing state that's somewhere between awake and asleep. They're just awake. Right. And she can't move and he's just vomiting. I don't, I don't know if he, he didn't mention, there wasn't any mention of him getting the paralysis or not, but 
I imagine either the vomiting was keeping him busy, mm-hmm. or his legs weren't working either, or some weakness of some kind. Well, it's you've got to sit there. You literally, you have to sit there, mm-hmm. and you're thinking, "Pilot lights going out in the stove. This is how we die." Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's horrifying. Yeah, and it, it, it sounds like a you know a really specific form of torture. And so the symptoms don't actually last terribly long. Generally, they tended to last about half hour, sometimes two hours at the most. That's 29 minutes, 59 seconds too long. It, it really is, yeah. yeah, yeah, for what you're dealing with, what you're experiencing. And But guess what? Pilot light was fine. Mm-hmm. Not a single problem with the pilot light. So they didn't really know what was going on. There's another attack later on that night. That very same night, a young mother who remained anonymous awakes to the sound of her daughter coughing, goes to check on her daughter, finds herself paralyzed. Oh, see, some places list this as September 1st, where you had August 31st, and then some places list it as September 1st, and some places say, like, early morning September Mm -hmm. 1st, so, like, you know, 1 or 2 a.m. Marshall Avenue, uh, September 1st, it's the Kearney household, and you have Aline Kearney, and she's actually hanging out with her sister. And she, around 11 p.m., smells this sickly sweet smell. And she. She's thinking it's the flowers outside the window. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's late summer. It's really warm out. You have the windows open. You you know, she probably had some nice pretty roses and stuff. So, yeah, I I mean, that would be my first thought was, you know, because it seems like, you know, it starts kind of subtle and then intensifies rather quickly. And here's the thing. At this point, it's less than twenty-four hours later. Yeah, yeah. People didn't know. No, nobody, so, nobody knew. It wasn't. It wasn't like you know. She unless there was word about the around the neighborhood, mm-hmm. which I have a map. Um, <laughs> so so yeah, she gets she becomes paralyzed from the waist down, and her sister actually she hears you know her name is Aline Kearney hears Aline scream, and the smell is coming from an open window. They bring the police over. They don't find anything and she you know in addition to the paralyzation paralysis yeah the paralysis paralyzation i'm just making up words that's fine okay i've been paralyzed (laughs) i can't move my big toe um move your big toe i can't i used to think i used to think uma thurman was really attractive and then i saw like kill bill and i realized she has hands for feet and i can't see her as attractive anymore (laughs) So now I'm just after her daughter. <laughs> Thank you, Stranger Things season three. <laughs> Make sure she's of age. Um, so <laughs> I'll check. <laughs> in, in addition to the the paralysis, there was some burning on her lips and throat afterwards. And so you know, it, it, like all the other case, the symptoms pass. Keep in mind, this was 11 p.m. Her husband Bert, Bert Kearney, is at work, and. He's literally checking on the age. But I, I, I need to know. I need to know if I need to take that out. <laughs> so let's see here. Children. Maya Hawk. Um, she is uh, 21. We win. She's a fantastic rack. Doesn't that got oh, really at, hidden on the show. Look at the smile in that rack, huh? <laughs> also a gorgeous smile. Gorgeous. And I'm sure she's a wonderful person as well. So uh, Maya, call me. <laughs> <laughs> call Scott. So 12.30 a.m. One of these days, that's going to work. You watch and see. Just keep on trying. It's the law of averages. Mm-hmm. So Bert comes home from work, 12.30 a.m. He's a cab driver. He has no idea any of this has happened earlier. So when he sees a guy near the window wearing a skull cap and dark clothes, he thinks, 
Peeping Tom. Mm-hmm. Or Prowler. Or Prowler, yeah. But but near the windows, you know, and you know, possibly looking in. Mm-hmm. He, he chases after the guy, but he can't catch him. You know, it's 1230 a.m. Yeah, I'm sure they have some street lights, but they're not great street lights. And do you ever do that thing when you're driving and all of a sudden the street light above you goes off? Oh, yes. And you're like, why? Why? Isn't your purpose to be on? I have the answer for oh, that. Oh, good. Okay. I have the answer for that. On certain nights, especially foggy nights, mm-hmm. the the light will refract. Rainy nights as well. It's the rainbow effect. Mm-hmm. The light goes through the droplets and reflects up. It hits the sensor at the top of it, and for one second, the light goes, It's daytime! <laughs> and turns itself off. Okay, all my questions are being answered. I love it. So, yeah, Bert chases after the guy, doesn't catch him, but at least has a description. Skullcap, mm-hmm. dark clothes... And they're thinking this guy was there to rob them. The Kearneys had a large amount of money in the home at the time. Which I... I couldn't find out why. Yeah, I don't know why. I mean, cab drivers don't make that much. And so, yeah, I, maybe they just save all the cash. Because, I mean, obviously it, would, it was a cash economy. Yeah. Uh, so I have no idea. But, yeah, they had been actually sitting by the window counting their cash. Or at least sitting within sight. Which I hope that taught them, even though that wasn't necessarily the reason, but they thought that somebody had seen them and was like, oh, well, I'll, I'll rob them, but first I'll, I'll scrounge up some gas and gas them. If I've learned anything from Scrooge McDuck, you keep all your money in a separate room, subterranean, behind a steel door, and you can swim in it! <laughs> there you go. In no way, whenever you dive into a pool full of, filled with coins, in no way does your neck snap and you die. Right? <laughs> yeah. No, that doesn't happen. No, cartoon physics are so fun. I love it. So, or maybe it's just ducks. Maybe it's just ducks because ducks. I mean, you've got Donald. Duck. We're not going to get it. We're not going to go down no, this duck hole. You it's have, not a rabbit hole. It's a duck you hole. You have ducks. I'm saying we could we could like take my life savings, oh, and convert it into coins, and then just throw like English Bob your duck into the pond and see if he's able to swim through it. I don't think I'm going to do that. <laughs> Fine. Somehow. Fine. <laughs> Impede the progress of science. I'm fine with that. You can you can accuse me of that all you want. So, so yeah, they really, they don't have any evidence to go on, but the newspapers, they catch on pretty quick. And so they're like, okay, judging by the smell, it's probably either chloroform or ether. It's either ether or chloroform. Fun with words. Now, here's the thing, too. Pretty soon, pretty soon, there's going to be a dozen attacks. Mm -hmm. Certain psychologists of the time go, well, it's mass hysteria, and they point directly to the newspaper. Yeah, yeah. Because what does the newspaper? Mr. Kearney and daughter, first victims. Yeah, it it's makes a, a huge assumption there. Exactly. Not even knowing about the fact that the, the reefs had been attacked the night before. Right. And that there had been another attack. It's a, it's slightly subliminal. People look at that and go, well, there's going to be more. Exactly, yeah. yeah. So, so yeah, I can I can understand the blame going to the media for that because that is sensationalizing and that is you know working in a headline no less. Some people don't even read the article; they just read the headline. Yeah. So yeah, that's that's fairly irresponsible, I would say. As a side note, did you see a picture of that newspaper? No, I did not. It had an illustration like discussing like how like, next to an article discussing how to celebrate Labor Day. <laughs> And that illustration was the creepiest goddamn, like, words I've ever seen. It was, like, Labor Day spelled out in dripping blood. I'm going to have to put a picture of it up on the social media because, yeah, it is... America, how dare you take a day off? I'm actually going to find it right now. Okay. What the fuck? (laughs) Yeah, right? 
What the actual fuck? What is that? That's the most terrifying Labor Day ever. I am scared of Labor Day Speaking of Stranger Things, it looks like the Mind Flayer is celebrating Labor Day. Yeah. So, which they do, you know, it's, uh, you know, they, they do holidays for each one. So yeah. it's like what, Christmas and Halloween and this one was 4th of July. We've got their, we've, the, we've the got Labor their illustration Day. for the next season if yeah. they decide to do well, Labor Day. Next season is Thanksgiving. Okay. Yeah. So whenever they run out of holidays, Labor Day. Yeah, so that's that was just it, it didn't catch my eye until I'd seen that article in two or three places that well that newspaper clipping because I kept on focusing on the actual content of the article and then finally I glanced at it one time and I was like, why are you making Labor Day scary? What is your problem? This it's, is a weird newspaper. It's almost like the illustrator got Labor Day confused with Arbor Day. And he tried to make it look like trees growing out of the houses. That's really the only explanation I can have. And he did it poorly. Either that or somebody had some real bad acid. Mm. Or, or maybe Labor Day. Yeah, I remember Labor Day. That was whenever, that was whenever he snuck into the house. There was blood everywhere. We were all home. I survived by hiding underneath the dead bodies. Yeah, I'll draw your goddamn picture. <laughs> <laughs> maybe this is someone who had that experience for Labor Day, and now they yeah. think that is the only way that you can celebrate Labor Day. Mm-hmm. Hiding under corpses. <laughs> Happy Labor Day, everyone. So, the the symptoms of this are you you s- smell the gas or you know whatever, and then there's and it can be a variety of these symptoms, as with any sort of chemical or medication, whatever. Nausea, burning sensations, dry mouth, difficulty breathing, coughing, lightheadedness, and then the leg paralysis can last for up to thirty minutes. All right, like a really powerful fart. <laughs> of course. Ooh, you knew we were going to go there. I knew you were going to go there. Yeah. I have standards. I don't. <laughs> he, I know. I, he proudly said. I set the bar so low that you can trip over it, Scott. <laughs> <laughs> and yet somehow I'm able to crawl underneath and win the limbo contest. Limbo! So, and... The cops, they step up patrols. They actually move some of their daytime shift guys over to the nighttime. And keep in mind, also, again, we've got the wartime phenomenon of it's it's 1944. Of course, Mattoon, many of their young men are off at at war. Some of them have probably come back and are injured. The Nazis are going to want to get that Burger King. Of course. You know, that is a prime Nazi target. Everybody knows so you've got Nazis this, hate burgers. You know, like manpower shortage and older, you know, like you might have some some of the police force being older, not that there's anything wrong with that, just that maybe they can't run as fast as they happen to see a guy. I don't know. I mean they never do, but and then I believe it's September fifth is the next incidence. Mrs. Beulah Cortes and Mrs. Leonard Burrell, both in the same night. Uh Beulah lives at twenty first street. And Mrs. Leonard uh, lives on North 13th Street. They, they both get... Well, Beulah is the one that gets attacked. Uh, Mrs. Leonard Burrell actually sees the Prowler trying to break into another residence. And the Prowler runs off. Um, but Beulah, Beulah was an interesting case because... It feels like less of an attack and more like possibly... A discovery. Yeah, a discovery yeah. or an interruption of, of something that happened. She finds a cloth. She finds a cloth. She picks it up. It's on her porch. Yeah, it looks like a handkerchief. It's a little bit larger than a handkerchief. So the first thing I do whenever I see anything that somebody may have blown their nose into is I, I sniff it. Oh, naturally. Absolutely. It's, it's, it's human instinct. We want to smell... 
other people's boogers. I I will say I must know what other people's boogers smell like. I will not rest until I know the smell of all boogers on this planet. Here's the thing. The thing that bugs me is the people that look at it after they blow. What are you <laughs> expecting to see? No, a, I think if your mucus the is the Virgin Mary. If your it's... mucus is like different colors, it like indicates health or potential like you know, an infection getting worse. Fair enough. So that I can get, you know, like I, I get it. But she sniffs this thing and becomes violently ill. She said it was like being shocked with electricity. Yeah, yeah. It's it's burning in her nose and her throat. She's got the nausea. She's got the lightheadedness. She nearly faints. Her mm-hmm. husband, Carl, actually has to help her inside. The woman straight up had the vapors. Yeah, she had the vapors. Quite literally, the actual vapors. Fetch the smelling salts and the fainting couch. <laughs> Um, so, and not long after that, uh, her lips and face actually start to swell. These are kind of newer mm-hmm. symptoms here. Her mouth starts to bleed, but she did, if there was any sort of gas on that rag, she had closer contact yeah. and skin to skin contact. She gets a concentrated dose, yeah, essentially. Yeah. And this lasts for nearly two hours. Yeah. She, the thought was the cloth was there to knock out their dog. Yes, yes. Their dog, you know, like... If you wanted to make a dog not bark during a robbery or home invasion of some sort, you gotta make it sleepy somehow, so there you go. This almost... And the dog would sleep on the porch a lot. This almost smell... This almost... The smell of this, it almost reminds me of a chemical I worked with whenever I was a chemist. Mm -hmm. I was a chemist. (laughs) That's frightening. Um, (laughs) It reminds me of pyridine. Okay. Uh, we, we use pyridine in a couple of tests. It can knock somebody out. Mm. Uh, and it's, yeah, pyridine kind of, kind of has a lot of these things. And if you have a sensitivity to it, I suppose that it could, you know, it could do these physical effects to you, especially Mm -hmm. if you've got a concentrated dose. Anytime I worked with pyridine, I had to turn on a hood. Oh yeah. it, It was, it was worse than chloroform as far as the vapors go. Now, yeah, to use it to knock somebody out, the paralytics, I'm not quite certain because I was using it to test water. Okay. Um, but they also find out in, the, out in the street, they find a skeleton key and a tube of lipstick. Yeah, nearly empty. Yeah. Which is an interesting combination. The skeleton key, it said, was well-worn, mm-hmm. but they couldn't figure out whose it was. And so the thought was, you know, somebody attempting a break-in. And I don't know, can you usually just you pick up any old skeleton key and use it? Or, or Yes, are there... a lot of times. Okay, or maybe there's you know, skeleton keys that fit, fit multiple doors. There, a skeleton key kind of works on the premise of you put it in and then you twist it in the lock and it kind of lifts up. A, a little lever that allows the next twist, like like the next 45 degrees, to move the deadbolt over. Okay. So skeleton keys, they're not completely universal. Mm-hmm. They're pretty universal. There were a couple that had like the center cut out of them, and there was a little piece of metal inside that would block it if the center wasn't cut out. But really, if you have just a general shape, you're going to be able to open up pretty much any door. So it could have been used by somebody, <clears throat> excuse me, if it's well-worn, it could have been used by somebody frequently to break into places. But there was not necessarily a rash of break-ins. No, no, so, definitely fact, not. We're not going to see any break-ins. We're, nothing's, going to, nothing's going to happen. This was almost like it was a test yeah, yeah, of some sort. Yeah, it was very, very strange. So, and they, you're probably going, well, why didn't they test the cloth? They, they did. did. Found nothing on it, which is not that unusual with... With chemicals that kind of vaporize, 
that become like an, almost an aerosol. They tend to evaporate kind of quickly. Yeah. And I'm sure the testing back in the 40s was not as sophisticated as the testing they have now. So honestly, it's like put some rubbing alcohol on a cloth. Mm -hmm. Let it sit for a couple of hours. Come back whenever it's dry. Sniff it. You're not really going to... You may you may smell some mint. Yeah. But it might be the mint that they put in to just kind of scent the rubbing alcohol. You put in pure rubbing alcohol and boom. You know, it's going to be gone. It evaporates. Yeah, I don't have any doubt that this actually... There was something on this cloth. I, even though... Because I have, I have possible theories. We'll get okay. into but, okay. uh I actually have a theory, too. Mm -hmm. I have a theory, too. That'll be fun. Yes, <laughs> yes. We're going to compare theories, everyone. Let's see whose theory is larger. <laughs> I don't, I, I'm straining for a joke here, but I'm not going to find it, so I'm just going to move on just, with my life. That's good. Yeah. That's good. So, and, and yeah, later there was the attack on Mrs. Burrell, and gas was actually sprayed into an open window at her house. I mean, it's it's really becoming an epidemic here uh, it is we're, we're talking september 6th laura junkin here this, this is this, this is, is the night this is the night laura junkin of richmond avenue ardell spangle of north 15th street fred gobel sees the prowler glenda hendershot of south 14th street daniel spawn of north 19th street Cordy Taylor, taylor of charleston avenue and francis and maxine smith of moultrie avenue that's seven incidents. In seven 24 in hours. Yeah, yeah, 24 hours. Not even necessarily 24 hours because these all happened at night as far as I'm right. aware. Nothing was happening during the day. Right. So you just have nighttime hours, which, you know, uh, early September, we're, we're actually, you know, experiencing it right about now. It, it, it gets dark close to eight o'clock. Mm -hmm. And then mm, what time would you say the sun comes up? Uh, I can tell you exactly when the sun comes up. Right now, it's quarter till seven. Because I get out of work at 6.30, and it's still, like, that that twilighty. So less than 12 hours. Yeah. Less than 12 hours, this is having seven attacks in the same general area. And, yeah, the, the next description we get from the one person who saw, uh, the, um, saw a man running in his yard and said he was tall and thin. And so this is, it's starting to get, uh, it's starting to get paranoid up in here. There's starting to be rumors that... Maybe a patient escaped from a sanitarium, mm -hmm. or is it German spies? Those Nazis. Hello, we are here in the city of Matun. Mm -hmm. We need the Burger King gone, and we need everybody paralyzed. Hmm, <laughs> paralyzed. Do you know what I want? Sauerkraut King. I miss Sauerkraut King. <laughs> we hate all things American except for Walt Disney, because he helped us. Everybody knows the simple pleasures of Daffy Duck. <laughs> Back to ducks again. Yep. Full circle. Mm -hmm. So yeah, and it didn't help that there had recently been a German POW who had escaped and was running around. Oops. Oops. We had POW camps in the U.S. Yes. Maybe. Maybe. Maybe what? that's. Maybe. What? Are we are we actually transporting them over? Why don't why not just send them to England or something? Well, a lot of the POWs in the American camps, and this is just me going by what my dad told me. Mm -hmm. Remember, I'm a little bit closer to that than than most people my age are, because I had I had an older father. My dad was born in 1918, 
So he lived through that entire era. Mm -hmm. So a lot of the people that were in American concentration camps, we had Japanese concentration camps here in America. We had German concentration camps. There were people that walked around with a sign around their neck going like, don't put me in a camp. I'm Chinese. Oh, my gosh. You know, that was... you know, we were in, in, in internment camps, our own citizens, mm-hmm. you know? Absolutely. Who were Japanese were being put into camps. Right, yeah. right. Uh, um, but I didn't know about the actual POW. Like, they actually, like, because, you know, very little of the war actually happened on American soil, so they would have to be transporting them over. Right. That's so really interesting. there are some, but the vast majority, according to what my father said, the vast majority of Germans in POW camps on American soil were German spies okay. on American soil. Okay, all right. That makes a lot of sense. So, September 7th, the Smith women, they get attacked again. Jesus. I know. They actually, this time they hear a buzzing that they and attributed to whatever that was being used to disperse. And they the kind people. of see a blue vapor. Yeah, yeah. And... Smurf farts. Smurf farts, yeah. And people are starting to get... I mean, they're already on edge. They're already uneasy. And so, in addition, you know, September 8th through the 10th, there's six more attacks. And during this time, there's also a rally on September 9th, trying to put pressure on the police to to do more because people aren't happy with with what the police have been doing. I want to say, I don't know at what point, but I want to make sure that I get this in here. Um, It was reported that the attacker carried what's known as a flit gun. Now, this is a gun, not not a gun necessarily, but it's an implement, it's a tool used to spray pesticides back in the day. And flit is actually the name of the specific pesticide uh, that, was, that was frequently used. I want you to think of a big soup can. Mm. A little bit longer than that. Like, like think think about the, the can, uh, the, the, uh, the joke can of snakes. Mm-hmm. You open up. Or that's Pringles, a good Pringles can. There you go. There you go. That's. <laughs> I, a... I go to joke can of snakes before I go to Pringles. That's some insight into my psyche. <laughs> I'm afraid to open the Pringles here in Christie's house now. <laughs> you really shouldn't. Nothing but snakes. Jam-packed full of snakes. Actual goddamn snakes. Rattlesnakes, everything. So, yeah, our Pringles cans make noises. <laughs> so, <go Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah, I, I know. I don't like snakes either. I, I don't despise know why I let, them, man. I don't know why I let myself go there. So, so yeah, and it's, 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 that's, I believe, where the pesticide is, and then there's some, I don't, I didn't read too deeply into how it went, because I was just trying to get a, a basic idea, but I did find out that this is actually how, related to flit guns, Dr. Seuss got sort of famous, how he started, Ooh. because he had, in one of his cartoons... Wait, are you thinking Dr. Seuss might have been the mad gasser? Way to step on my theory, Scott. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. I put the gas in the house. I'm quiet as a mouse. I go to the window. They'll never know I made a show. (laughs) I was wondering if you were going to be able to keep that up. I was in suspense. (laughs) I could probably go for a couple more stances, quite honestly. That was very impressive. Thank you. So, yeah, he actually featured in one of his cartoons, you know, somebody had a flit gun. So, flit, the, the pesticide company, was like, hey... Want to do some ad campaigns for us? 17 years. Jesus. He did ad campaigns for him. Now, it was a 17-year ad campaign. I'm not sure if he was contracted for that. I don't think they started him up and they were like, you're pretty good. 17 years? You want to do it for a completely odd, random number of years? But yeah, that's how long he did it. It's you and the cicadas, Dr. Seuss. 
<laughs> you also have to go underground and stay there. <laughs> that is where you show work. So yeah, just a random random little side trip down random fact lane, which I'll, I'll have another one very soon. I love random fact lane. I do. I love finding these little things out. I'm starting to use them in class. <laughs> I, I, we, we found out like the, the reason that Napoleon was considered short why that was that that myth came about and so i was like random fun fact in class at one time when i at one point this week when i had students writing things on the board and it's just that like awkward silence and Mm -hmm. like chalk scratching and i'm like napoleon (laughs) here you go he's a dick (laughs) in addition to that so okay so yeah foot gun the police really have no evidence to go on still it's it's very very much getting to be you know they're 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 on the pressure cooker and these attacks are continuing. The Miss Smiths, as September I call them, 10th. They're attacked again. Which, the third attack here, because like on September, September 9th was a busy day. Uh, September 9th, the Mad Gasser got Genevieve Haskell, Grayson Wayne Haskell, Mrs. Russell Bailey, and Catherine Tuzo, all of Westwood. And then Lucy Stevens, North 32nd. And then the next day, Francis and Maxine Smith. Which makes me think, do you remember the, the DC sniper case? Yeah, yeah. All, the, all those people were killed because the guy wanted to kill his wife. Oh, yeah. What if Francis and Maxine were the actual intended victims and everybody else was just there to throw the police off? Because it doesn't seem strange that they get attacked three times. It is really, really weird. And she was a principal of a local school. Um, um, Francine was, I believe. Mm-hmm. I, I wanted to clarify something. You, you listed the, the long uh, names, Mrs. Russell Bailey, Catherine Tuzo, Mrs. Genevieve Haskell, uh, Mrs. Haskell's son. I believe they were all in the same room. Yes, They were yes, all sleeping those in the same four. bedroom, which very much to me was like, what is going on in 1944? I know, yeah. like, you know, times are tough and everything with a war going on, but why is every, why do you have one, two, three, four people sleeping in the same room? Right. Only one of whom appears to be related to the others. Genevieve and Grayson. Oh, I think the answer is quite obvious. Orgy. There's a young child here, but okay. So, so yeah, and... Uh, Somebody's got to hold the keys for the uh, punch bowl full of keys. <laughs> Got to give the kid a job, keep him busy. Here you go, Junior. Here's a nickel. Go see a funnies. You also had Violet Driscoll and her daughter Ramona. They actually did wake up to hear somebody fooling around with the bedroom window. Mm. Ramona was just throwing up. Like, I think it was kind of like chain vomiting. You know, like, or it's chain vomiting where you just can't stop. It seems to me like. Yes, I've actually broken a rib doing that. Oh, that's fun. Yep. And Violet sees a man running away from the house. So people are not only, you know, having the symptoms, they're also seeing mm-hmm. something. So that definitely makes you wonder when we get to the theories. Yeah. September 13th, we have another person that sees the gasser, Bertha Birch. Bertha goes, she goes all Austin Powers on it. That's no man, baby. That's a woman. Yeah. Kind of reverse Austin Powers. She sees a woman dressed in men's clothing. Mm-hmm. And they do actually find, like, high heel shoe footprints yes around the house which is really really interesting yeah and she had gas sprayed into her house and before that on september 11th there were several attacks but the the cops dismissed pretty much every single one of them as false alarms because i I find it kind of interesting we're doing this at the same time of the year that it happened so it's like a great little great little kind of peek into it we're doing it now but when we release it it'll be like two weeks from now (laughs) the current date is september 12th Mm mm-hmm so people are doing what people do, and 
they're gathering together for for strength and for comfort and for patrolling the streets with with lots of guns, mm-hmm. just lots and lots of guns and people patrolling the streets and, and vigilance patrols, and the cops are like, um, uh, no, could you not? Could you could you please not? And yeah. this, but the citizens actually did arrest one suspect. Ooh, do tell. I didn't find this. This is where my next fun fact comes in. Ooh. Uh, so they arrested one. They brought him in, but he passed a polygraph. Now, we know polygraphs can be kind of a junk science, but they Plenty were your butthole. not terribly old at that point yeah. in time. And so I started doing... This is where my, my journal of uh, psychiatry and psychology came okay. in. Okay. Uh, which had some fun facts in it itself. You won't, you won't believe the fun facts you can get out of journal articles. So William Marston, in 1915, made the systolic blood pressure deception test. Actually made it based on his wife's comments that her blood pressure would go up when she was upset or, you know, like, you know, having a lot of emotions. Mm-hmm. He wasn't the first to come up with this idea by a long shot, but uh, he it was just basically a blood pressure cuff, stethoscope, and a bunch of questions was the setup here. And... Do you know who else he was? Hit me with it. Have you, good sir, ever heard of the Lasso of Truth? Wonder Woman! He's Charles Moulton, creator of Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman. Wonder... Whoa, whoa, whoa! I'm having a stroke. Wonderwoman. <laughs> <laughs> Woman. I'm going to dial nine and one. <laughs> I'm going to wait for the last, <laughs> last, the first trickle of blood out of the left nostril. Wow, my lips just did this thing where they just were like, were like all twisted up and tangled. It was you like smell that cartoon. sweet smell? <laughs> oh, yeah. I can't move my legs. <laughs> I think that's just because we're sitting on the floor, Christy. Might have something to do with it, yeah. yeah. Charles Moulton, creator of Wonder Woman. and Who was a kinky bastard, too. And also, Lasso of Truth. Mm-hmm. Lie detector? It all ties together. His interests are very clear. Have you ever seen like some of those old Wonder Woman comics? I've seen a few here, or like snippets of them, just just a, a panel or two. Dude was a perv. Dude was a straight up perv. So was so was the the, uh, the artist for Superman. Mm-hmm. He did some straight up pervy stuff. There was some weird stuff in Batman too. Yeah. So. Yeah, so I found that really interesting. I was like, we're going to have to sidetrack down uh, down oh. Wonder Woman Lane because that was delightful to find out. Yeah, William Gal- Marston, a.k.a. Charles Moulton. Gal Gadot, call me. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, no, you're happily married. I ain't going to break up a relationship. You're better yeah. than that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Maya Hawk, still call me. <laughs> they even had uh, a couple FBA... F- <laughs> Son of a bitch! Should I leave this in? This yes. is kind of hilarious. yes. Leave in my mental breakdown. I was I was so proud of myself for saying fewer ums and uhs, and this is, I guess, what comes of it, as I can't say the other words. That's okay. I either just say um and uh constantly, or I say hum, 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 The brain's like going, I'm not getting my daily recommended dosage of ums and ahs, so I'm just going <laughs> to paralyze your lips. Basically, yeah. All right, so I'm going to try that again. Okay. Try that again. Two FBI agents came in, and even they, they couldn't help. They It, it was... It was almost like having no help at all. There's literally, like, no real true leads coming in. You just get vague descriptions. You get, well, he was here and now he's gone. Or she was here and now Mm -hmm. she's gone. And it's seriously, another big problem is that there's no true motive. 
because you just have someone doing something that doesn't make any sense. If somebody is gassing people in order to paralyze them or knock them out so they can steal or assault them or whatever, okay, then you know what, you have a, a look into this person's mind, into what they want, what they need, you know, why they're doing this. But when you have no motive, when it's just, you know, apparently somebody doing it for kicks or yeah. whatever, it's so confusing because it really, like, makes it a lot harder to narrow it down. You can't make any sort of, like, profile at all. Right, and, and, and smell. You know, first off, it's genius using a weapon that just dissipates. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, you can't really pick it up and carry it in, in a box or what have you. Um, smell is like one of those things, it's a very tenuous sense. Yes. You know, how, like, you can measure decibels. You can you can measure the brightness of something, but smell and taste are like one of those things that are very subjective. What may be strong to somebody else is not strong to another person. And you can go nose blind, where mm -hmm. you know you've been you've smelled something enough. Right. They they and actually then you have stop like smelling it, like coffee beans or something that you smell. Like whenever you have perfume testers, you know they do the coffee beans to kind of reset their nose to 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 do this. Smell is very subjective. Smell, mm -hmm. you know, if you stop and think about it, smell is almost. Like a paranormal sense. Yeah. Like if you were the only person that could smell something and you were trying to describe it to a group of people who had no sense of smell. It's like, it's like tasting, but with your nose. It's like, <laughs> put him in a goddamn institution. <laughs> what the fuck's wrong with Steve? Yeah, it's 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 a weird, it's a weird sort of weapon to use, but a really smart one. But for no apparent gain yeah, no benefit yeah. really they're not getting anything out of this nothing tangible at least so just an erection <laughs> on the newspapers eventually come out and say pretty much oh it's just the lonely women looking for attention and i actually have in parentheses after that puke mm -hmm. <laughs> all of a sudden i'm having some nausea and vomiting thank you 1944 media yeah. you know the lonely women look women even back then, knew that if you wanted attention from a man, the only thing you needed to do was look at these. Done. No, I think I think the way to do it is to go. Do you smell gas? Mm -hmm. <laughs> I think that was that was definitely an icebreaker. That was a way of getting the male gaze to come your way. Forget <laughs> come hither eyes. Just say I smell gas. There was an ad. In the 1996 or 1997 City Vibe paper, mm -hmm. which was a paper uh, that was in Minneapolis at the time. It was like the free newspaper, right? And at the back of it, they had personal ads. And some of them were tame because we're still in that era before before the internet. And then you had wild side ads. Oh, boy. Right? So I would always read the wild side ads because I like to imagine, like at the time I was just this weird college student and it was, it was a different time in history. I never met anybody through the wild side ads because I never tried to meet anybody. Mm -hmm. But there was this one where I was almost tempted for like, for like 30 seconds and then I got to the end, right? It was like, and I still remember it. I wish I would have saved the paper. It was like five foot seven. Okay. Blonde, all right. Thirty-eight double D. Okay, you've got my attention. <laughs> Curvy, all right. Farts erotically. What? <laughs> I was really hoping there was still a gas tie in here. Yeah, there and was. Also, what? Farts erotically. Um, 
I tried to look at it and go, maybe there's a misprint or, but no, no, this woman wanted people to fart around her. She got off on farts. Oh, that's what she wants. <clears throat> I thought that she was advertising that she does that. I think there's a little bit of both going on there. I was going to say, do we have a case of somebody who thinks her shit doesn't stink? No, it does, but in an erotic way. <laughs> oh, God. We have managed to have fewer fart jokes than I actually expected. Yeah. Raise that I'm, bar a little bit higher. I'm kind of proud of us. Well, we didn't proud, go for yeah. the low-hanging fruit. And then, so yeah, the newspapers are coming out. And the, the newspapers who kind of started the, the, the panic in the first place are saying, are blaming it on the lonely women's. Now, keep in mind, there have been some men attacked as well. And, I mean, the very first one. A man and wife. Mm -hmm. uh, so you have, on September 12th, Commissioner of Public Health Thomas V. Wright comes out and says, all right, so yeah, there were some gassings, but the rest of this is all just mass hysteria, and the media, all the reports in the newspaper freaked people out enough that they were all, like, and ended up getting all hyped up and joined in the fun. But the way he started it out... Like, Thomas Wright, the way he started out the conversation was, there is no doubt a, ma a gas maniac exists and has made a number of attacks. There is no doubt yeah, yeah. that a gas maniac exists. That's all people heard. Mm -hmm. That's all people. Oh heard. yeah, yeah. That's all they hearing, needed to hear. That you're you're just getting confirmation of, of what you 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 know and what everybody around you is saying and what everybody around you is afraid of. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Not not exactly. The best with framing his argument there, I would say. I would I would definitely uh, not give him high marks on the rubric. Definitely not. And uh, I think a lot of this has gotten out of hand. That's the way he should have started this. Yeah, that would be excellent. That's a good way of framing it. And then you say, because you mm -hmm. use primacy and recency effect, where we remember the first and the last things we hear more than anything in between... And so he said, I think a lot of this has gotten out of hand. Maybe there have been some attacks, but the rest is mass hysteria. You know what people will hear? I think this has mm -hmm. gotten out of hand. Mass hysteria. And it just blank out everything in between. Actually, I would have ended it a little bit differently. I would have said the mass hysteria, but I would say the police are working very hard for your safety. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah get that in the last thing because you, you want comfort. But yeah, throw in. Yeah, you don't open with. There's a fucking maniac on the loose, and he's <laughs> he's putting gas in through the windows. Hide your children. Hide your wives. <laughs> the gas and everybody up in here. <laughs> oh, so and then police chief C. E. Cole, uh, he said, okay, yeah, there was probably some gas. But we've got this Atlas Imperial Diesel, Diesel Engine Company plant. I was going to stumble during that. That is an unnecessarily long name. So the Atlas plant, we're going to call it. And they use, you know, some, some chemicals. So it's probably that. It's probably either carbon tetrachloride or trichloroethylene. Yeah, fuck yeah. <laughs> Which is industrial solvent. And Atlas is like, no. no. Uh-uh. We have some of that here, but here's our certified safe by the Department of Health certificate. And here's our fire extinguishers and the fire extinguishing equipment, in, which is the only place where we have carbon tetrachloride. And yes, we do in fact have trichloroethylene, but guess who would have actually felt it first? Maybe the workers, mm -hmm. not the people miles away from the damn plant. Yeah. So, so yeah, definitely that, that argument got, it seemed pretty spurious. Everybody knows that carbon tetrahydrochloride, or whatever the fuck it is, <laughs> it, it travels in a straight line to the first hysterical woman and just <laughs> paralyzes her. It's attracted to uteruses <laughs> mm -hmm. with a high, high I, level of estrogen. I, I, uh, I, I can sympathize with that. <laughs> 
I too am attracted to uteruses. So inside the body, just you know, not not hanging out just on the street. Pretty much, Ugh. they they. <laughs> yes, please. They do have. You know, we said September 13th, right around the time that these public statements are made, you know, is is pretty much the last one that's credited as a a potential actual attack. And then after that, it sort of fades away. But the theories and the questions definitely linger. You had, in addition, we talked about the Nazi theory. Mm -hmm. Uh, We've talked about the, the Atlas Company theory. There's, there were some people who said it was our own government testing gas on us. I, that's where I believe. That's okay. honestly what I believe. There is a law, and it's still in the books today, that the government can go in and test weapons on its own people as long as one person on the city government is notified. This really feels like something you got off of Conspiracy Theory Channel on YouTube. 1954. Damn. They dumped thallium sulfate over the city of Minneapolis I mean, just to see what would happen. I know the government has done some super shitty the things. The Tuskegee Airmen. Exactly, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I know that, but it also feels like an actual law being in place makes me wonder. I'm going to have to look this up later. Yeah. I'll look yeah. it up later. Look, look it up, up later. later. Look yeah. it up later. But, yeah, thallium sulfate dumped on the city of Minneapolis. Uh, and, and I mean, that's, that's something that causes birth defects, causes cancer. Mm-hmm. 1954. They were doing it. That's just nine, nine or ten years after this. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Yeah, I, I, I throw the government in there, and you're talking about a lot of uh, a city that has a lot of manufacturing in it. I'm okay. sure government contracts are in there. This is a horrible way to, to scientifically. Mm-hmm. This is a very stupid way to test something. Not that our government is entirely, you know, smart and efficient all the time, but I would think there would be some scientists involved that would say, you know. This kind of like makes the scientific theory actually impossible because they would want to probably actually look into some of these symptoms and not just get random reports that may or may not be actual people who had been you know attacked or take, tested on or whatever. But, but take a look at the MK Ultra program. The MK Ultra program wasn't this different. They were dosing they were dosing Johns in in brothels mm-hmm. uh, to see how LSD would affect them and their susceptibility. To, to suggestion. So, yeah, it's, it's kind but of... But then were they actually present or, or, or at least adjacent to see the actual effects? Often, but not always. Because here you don't have... You're doing this to people in their houses. You know, maybe in a public place, in, a, in some sort of... Like, at the Burger King. <laughs> doing it at the Burger King. So you can actually... Which is the name... By the way, doing it at the Burger King is the name of my new romantic funk song. It's definitely also the episode title. <laughs> um, but yeah, you you could actually be there and witness the effects. You you know, you could, you, you could be at the window even. Here you have people just in their houses in the middle of the night. It sort of makes the actual part of, of science where you watch the results of the experiment very difficult to achieve. All you're going to get is, is self-reporting, and then the self-reporting that comes is going to filter in through the news media. And if somebody is interviewed by the news media, I'm sorry, we're human beings, and we have a tendency to exaggerate. We love, you know, like a lot of, not everybody, but many people, they like that spotlight. And so what may have been just nausea might turn into vomiting. What may have been just tingling in the legs turns into paralysis. So that's my thought on, on the, our government doing it. I think, do I think that our government is stupid enough to do it that way? Yeah, kind of. I mean, the city official, they could tip off, you know, saying we're going to do that is one of the policemen, then he becomes their contact, 
and there you get your results of your tests. Yeah. Well, yeah, you could you could just go through the police files, and you're going to have a little bit less dramatization than, mm-hmm. than through the press. So that is a possibility. But at the same time, you're also it's it's still hearsay. You're not there to witness it firsthand. And that really makes it feel like either very rudimentary or short-sighted or just plain not the deal. See, aliens were one of the theories. You okay, buddy? Yeah. Buddy. Okay. Uh, aliens were one of the theories of thrown aliens out there. Aliens are always the one. Of the course theory. it is. But I was kind of like, I don't believe it was like an alien farting in through a window or something. Garp uh, clock, pull my finger. You know, nothing like that. But I did, I did try to look into were there any Men in Black, you know, sightings at this time? Because this would be around the time that the Men in Black start to become a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, no government agents coming in, no Men in Black going like, oh, you didn't get gassed and stuff like that. But it was, it would be interesting. It would be interesting if it was, if it was the government. And the whole thing was a mass hysteria. We're going to gas two or three houses, and then we're going to see how far okay, the hysteria of it spreads. Okay, I can understand so that. So it could have been a psyops experiment as well. I can understand that. There's also this theory about a local man, Farley Llewellyn. I love that name. I know, right? It's a really great name. That, uh, that's a name that can go two ways. That's either an inbred hillbilly's name. I'm Farley Llewellyn. This is my wife, my sister, and my dog. It's, it's just one thing standing there, dude. It's all three. <laughs> um, or it could be, hello, my name is Farley Llewellyn. I'm Farley Llewellyn. Uh, it, the, the, the British yeah. accent almost just like insists upon itself in yeah, that name. Exactly. Hello, I'm Farley Llewellyn. Private eye. <laughs> Pornography spy. <laughs> Back to the Dr. Seuss again. Exactly. So this this local science teacher to the area, around 2003, there was an article in the Illinois Times about a book that he'd written uh, where he puts forth this theory uh, about Farley Llewellyn. It's basically uh, that Farley Llewellyn was the town genius, the mad scientist, whatever. I love mad. We don't have enough mad scientists We really nowadays. don't. It's the dumbing down of America. We need to have more scientists and they need to be mad. Let's see, I'm thinking probably the only mad scientist I think working right now is a guy named Hutchinson. Uh, Hutchinson, yeah, I classify him as a mad scientist. One is too few, though. Absolutely. But if you if you want to see some crazy footage, look up something called the Hutchinson Effect. This dude is incredible. Hmm. So definitely look that up. I won't spoil it for you. Back to the, back to the mad gas. The other mad, mad scientist. Um, so yeah, he tended to have his nose, nose in books all the time, which... I grew up like that. <laughs> Nerd. Uh, his family had a grocery store and he had two sisters. So, uh, and this is, I'll just directly quote from the article. Farley Llewellyn lived in the area, drank too much, kept a secret laboratory, and experimented with various chemicals. Once, an explosion from his lab rocked the neighborhood. Meth. Well, I mean, small town America. Yep. yep, yep. So he basically, uh, in addition to the mad scientist angle, there's also the closeted homosexual and or or the town calling him a homosexual you know it's really kind of unclear they, yeah. they don't hit that angle too hard but the the town doesn't seem to accept him one way or the other and so this was his revenge <laughs> punch him he's learning <laughs> yeah. punch him he's gay punch him he's gay and learning he's jesus, learning about gay <laughs> jesus christ this is what happens when you read books <laughs> One do, you, do you see that, son? Do you see that right over there? Do you see that? That 
is what happens when you read. One, you become the gay. One day you're sitting back reading the world book encyclopedia. The next day you're biting a pillow. Is that what you want? <laughs> no, son, you do not. So he basically, in his little lab at home, he, he went and played around with different chemicals and everything, trying to find something that would make a good weapon. And there's even some potential uh, ties to the woman in man's clothes. Crossdresser. Yeah. Once again, sorry. Transsexual. Well, no, we don't know. No. That one would be that one would be crossdresser. Okay. I believe I'm. I, I might not I'm, be up on the term. So I like. I was thinking about this this week, and I was like, I do hope I'm teaching Scott right. I'm trying to be good. <laughs> I hope I'm updated. I think I am, but I could be wrong. Oh so, dear. But supposedly, crossdressers reply in a five star review, please. There's there's a couple different uh, accounts here. The main account uh, seems to be that the, the the sisters keep tabs on him, uh, but the attacks keep going. So that would be like earlier in the attacks. And then the American Haunting site had an actual like whoever wrote that said that they got a letter from somebody who said, "Well, my dad grew up in Mattoon around the time of the gas attacks. He he mentioned the sisters. He mentioned the brother, but who is a quote unquote allegedly insane." And my take on that is you've got the connection of two sisters and a brother, Farley Llewellyn. Mm -hmm. uh, and so lots of people thought that he was the Mad Gasser. The sisters locked him in the basement. And after that, the attacks stopped. So you have two different accounts of either they locked him away and the attacks kept going, or they locked him away and the attacks stopped. So it's really, really hard to say. I think my favorite thing was somebody in the Unresolved Mysteries subreddit posted two years ago asking for more info on, on Farley Llewellyn, or just on the Mad Gasser in general, general, and they mentioned the Farley Llewellyn in the comments. Do you want to know why they were posting about this? Do tell. Because they wanted to make a Mad Gasser musical. Oh! <laughs> can you imagine all the fart jokes rhyming? Yes, I can. <laughs> it's beautiful. I really want to help this musical makes it. Me too. That was, uh, Get in contact with us, please. I feel like... Okay, if, if it's an author's name on a website, it's one thing. But if it's somebody's username on Reddit, I feel like I'm, like, doxing them. So I'm not going to mention yeah. the name. No, let's not do that. I'm, I'm sorry. I wish, I wish I could give you credit for your amazing, brilliant idea. But I also feel like it would be, like, putting your online, you know, like, your internet profile in danger. I would. Oh. I would love to be part of Mad Gasser of Mattoon. Yeah. Mattoon. M-A-T-U-N-E. Oh, <laughs> Brilliant! That, I love you it. You need me. You need me. <laughs> so, I kind of tend to go with the Farley Llewellyn. That I'm we have so sorry. I, in my head, I'm just writing lyrics oh, I'm for sure the you song. Are. You're going to be writing lyrics all night. My tune will hear my tune. <laughs> <gasps> my guests will soon be in your, your room, room. <laughs> with a tss, 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 pretty soon. You will start to swoon, and to with a, you'll hit the floor. And soon your consciousness will be no more. I am the mad gasser, the phantom anesthetist. Everybody else can go and get pissed. I am the best, the king, the world will ever see. And soon there will be a toy made just of me. Bravo! Bravo! <laughs> oh, oh, that, that deserves... I'm standing. Standing ovation. Standing ovation. Thank you very much. That was brilliant. <laughs> I live 
for that. Oh I, my gosh, and I was on tenterhooks the entire time. I was like, can he see it through? Can he, he see, see it, it through? through? And then you even pulled in the toy. I am so proud of you, Scott. Oh, God. <laughs> you need me. Do you see? You need me. You really need to get a hold of Scott. This username on Reddit. <laughs> so We need to send him a copy of this podcast. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, we'll do that. Okay. Back to back Actually, to this foolishness. I really think that's all we have. My theory is just kind of honestly, my theory is the public health commissioner's theory is that there were actual mm-hmm. attacks, and probably many of them were true. But there was also, especially any places where you had physical evidence, like some people had their screens cut open on their windows and such, and weird footprints and stuff like that. But I do think that there was a lot of you know people are susceptible, people are gullible. I tend to people are hypochondriacs. Yeah, you know, oh, yeah. anybody near me sneezes. And I think that I'm getting a cold. Hell, when I, I had to read, uh, when I was first starting grad school, my very first residency, we had to read Stephen King's The Stand. And have you ever read, read it? Oh, absolutely. Yes. <laughs> There's the... Captain yeah. Trips. Yeah, yeah, Captain Trips. We actually named our, our little, um, our group for our cohort uh, on Facebook. It's Captain Trips Pirate Ship. Nice. Yeah. So, on, and every time somebody would sneeze, and the one summer... Everybody, there was a lot of sickness going around at the residency. We would not say, bless you. We would not say Gazuntite. We would say Captain Trips. Captain Trips. So, but the entire time I was reading it, Jackson was like, he was having little sniffles and a cough here and there. And I would be like, would you please stop that? We're all going to die. Oh my God, you're patient zero. Like it was honestly, like it started to really get to me. And every single time I, and it was the same with a lot of my cohort. They would be like, yeah, I, every time I sneezed, I was sure that that was it. It was well, the end. There is a very famous phenomenon that uh, medical students go through. They, they're reading about so many diseases, so many diseases, pretty soon they find one that they hit like 30% of the symptoms. And what they're actually experiencing is fatigue because we work these poor people <laughs> yeah. into the fucking grave. Yeah. But they see it and they go, oh God, I've got the Bengali bone break fever, you know? And it's just, no, no, nobody's had Bengali bone break fever for 87 years. And like first year psych students who, mm-hmm. who suddenly they and everybody around them come down with every single thing in the DSM, mm-hmm. you know, the Diagnostical Statistical Manual. And not the Douglas Scott Moore. <laughs> oh my gosh, yes, that's right. <laughs> you, you have the perfect initials. Yeah, I, for, for somebody with a bunch of mental problems, I have the perfect initials. That's, that's the, 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 Best initials uh, since uh, they decided on, on Golden Girls that Blanche Devereaux's middle initial was E. Ooh. <laughs> bed? Your initials are bed? <laughs> now, Blanche Devereaux. I'd, be, I'd fuck Blanche Devereaux, but I'd be thinking about Betty White. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you're alone. Yeah. So, another theory was that this was a World War II vet with a grudge. Okay, I don't think I saw this theory. Yeah. Uh, there, there are theories out there that, that, you know, somebody comes back wounded, and of course this will be a person, person who is familiar with weaponized gases. So yeah, the theory was bounded about that there was, this was a World War II vet with a grudge. The thing that kind of makes me go, oh, this was probably government is that this is not the first mad gasser case in America. We do need to go over. There are a couple other mad gasser cases that happened. Yeah. Right. One one just 11 years prior in Virginia. You have the the Bodetort County, Virginia, phantom anesthetist. We see that name pop up. You want to talk about attacks? This guy gave the mad gasser a run for his money. 
Uh, December 22nd, 1933, in Haymaker Town. The 24th, Cloverdale. The 27th, Troutville. The 10th of January, 1934, Fincastle. 16th of January, Bonsack. 19th of January, Cloverdale. The 21st, he hit both Troutville and Cloverdale. Wow. And the 22nd, Carvin's Cove. The 23rd, Pleasantdale Church. The 28th, Cloverdale. The 29th, again, Cloverdale. February 3rd, Nace. February 9th, Lithia. Wow. Never caught. Damn. Never caught. They even made a, a, a law after him, or, or be, because of, of these attacks, that basically was like, you can't have gas. Yeah. <laughs> that was essentially, it was a state law, you, you, you can't have any sort of like anesthetizing gas unless, you know, you're, you're licensed. Right. It was. And, and then Lake County, Florida, in November of 1935, seen that its own, you know, uh, mad gasser attacks. Uh, happened there as well, very similar to Mattoon. And I, I was looking at this and going, why Why does nobody hear about the Lake County Mad Gasser or the Phantom Anesthetist? Because Mad Gasser of Mattoon. Yeah. It has a musical feel to it. And that's the name Mattoon. It has a it's little a bit of alliteration. Name. Yeah, Mattoon yeah, is silly. Yeah. 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 So I think it's like one of those things... Because these are all very similar, and you, you generally tend to have the armed patrols of, mm -hmm. of citizens and all this stuff, yeah. And I would not be surprised if we, in the future, would see a phantom anesthetist attack someplace again in America. It feels like it all happened in a short span of time, so either it's... My feeling is... It's kind of like the accidental pimp movies of the 90s. Yeah. Yeah, it was a very short span of time, and then just, just a couple, and then they disappeared. But this seems like something... That would happen again. But so long has passed. Like, what they don't... I don't think they would... If, if it were the government testing it, I don't think they would need to. If, my other theory now, due to these, these three attacks happening within an 11-year span, same person doing it. Virginia to Florida to... That's not too... That's, that's in, true. In, in two years and then another uh, nine years? That's not, that's not hard. That's true. Because uh, Adam Walsh, the missing boy of mm -hmm. John Walsh... Uh, from America's Most Wanted. There is a theory out now. Have you ever seen the artist's rendition mm. of the suspect that actually kidnapped Adam Walsh? I think I, I think I have, yeah. It looks a lot like Jeffrey Dahmer. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. Jeffrey Dahmer was living in Florida mm -hmm. at that time. And a lot of people are going, is this like an early victim uh, of Jeffrey Dahmer? Who knows? So you're right. Virginia to Florida to Mattoon, Illinois. Why not? Yeah. Yeah. And if, if you're doing something that's catching a lot of attention and, and, and police and media attention, you're going to move. Or maybe it's just, you know, one of those people who just doesn't like to stick around anywhere very long. There could have been other mad gasser attacks that we don't know about because maybe, like, they were testing around with different gases and one gas in particular didn't work very well. So you could have the mad gasser of Johnstown and it just really was just kind of a flop, you know? So, uh, yeah, I, I, I feel that, you know... I just pumped helium in there. <laughs> do you feel okay? <laughs> I think I wanted to go with that and run with the helium joke, but then I was like... Too too easy. Oh, that's pretty good. I used to do this all the time, and I haven't done it in a really long time. <laughs> I actually did not suck in any helium. I promise you, that was just me doing that. So, yeah, okay, I'm proud of myself. You should be very good. <laughs> so, so yeah, I think that the, the 
other attacks happening in other in other places supports both of those theories just as much. Mm-hmm. Government and individual. I, I, however, doubt that there would be any future ones just because I would think that they would have come up with some smoother method of just random running around town, you know, poking holes in window screens. That's true. That's true. Well, only the... They're t- probably oh. just going to, like, gas it into the schools or yeah. something. You there know? you go. There you go. Oh, man. One of my buddies is Australian... And I said, is there anything that doesn't kill you in Australia? And he went, the schools? And say, oh, burn. Man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That hurts. Yeah. yeah. I did have uh, one of my my office mate today. She just randomly said, oh, I need, to, I need to see if I can get a copy of the registration for my gun. And I was like, I just want to. I just want to ask you, like, it, 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 this is a propose of nothing, right? Like, this isn't, you know, there's not a reason that you're saying mm-hmm. this. And she's like, no, I actually, like, lost my registration copy. I just need to make sure that I have it. I never use it. It's in a safe, you know, like, all that. And I, she was just like, oh, that's just my, my, the way, like, she had a train of thought. And she only spoke at the caboose. <laughs> you know, that was basically what happened. And I got to be there for the, why are you saying that about guns in a school? What's happening? And she's like, I'm not going to be, like, a law-abiding lawbreaker. <laughs> like, and she's like, I'm not going to be like, let me shoot up the school with my registered gun. <laughs> no, it's okay, officer. I have a permit. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, the gentleman that sits next to me. Hi, Jerome. Uh, Hi, Jerome. He, he always looks over. Hi, Jerome. <laughs> he always looks over and, and sees, like, what I'm researching. He works with me, like, Friday and Saturday. Mm-hmm. And he'll look over and he'll see, like... Uh, and he'll, he'll kind of look and go, look, whenever you finally do snap, will you just give me a heads up? <laughs> yeah, so that's all you want. Give me like 30 seconds to leave and then you can go nuts. Like, <laughs> I'm not going to snap. This is my job, you know. It is a little bit I of don't, stigma. <laughs> I don't consider where I work for money my job. I consider this my job, mm-hmm. you know, and this is just not paying right now. Yeah. Yeah. This will, though. Oh, this will make us <laughs> filthy, filthy rich. <laughs> and you Talking can, about... Fart jokes and singing Broadway songs. Absolutely. And I'll tell you what, you can make us filthy or rich for free. All you need to do, go over to iTunes, leave us a five-star review on iTunes, head on over to Stitcher, leave us a review there. Every little bit helps. I noticed there was a couple of like non-written reviews that came up. We're like, uh, we're getting a few more reviews up on iTunes. A few more so they're rating but not reviewing. And rating yeah. but not reviewing. And that's so. that's great too. If, yeah. if you if you if you're feeling creatively blocked, if you you know you, you just don't feel like writing anything, go ahead and give us that five stars but it also is nice when you when you write us a little something you absolutely know, just say hi i don't think i mean it, it, we we love compliments i don't think it hugely matters what you say i don't think they're like reading each like, like just the, the 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 five stars and 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 saying a little hi you yeah know? Hey! And then uh, don't forget about our Twitter. We're Old Timey Crimey there. We're also Old Timey Crimey on Facebook. Make sure if you if you don't do iTunes, if you don't do Stitcher, just follow us wherever you get your, your you know, follow us, subscribe, whatever, wherever you get your podcasts. And if you really, really want to rise above the level of a gumshoe, if you want to be a private dick. Ooh. <laughs> Why have I been saying God all along when you can be a private dick? If you want to be a private dick... We have our Amazon wish list that has books on it that we will do a deep dive on if you just purchase one for us. And they're not, 
you know, there's lots of options there. They're not terribly expensive, and we're also taking suggestions. Absolutely. If you want to do a deep dive on this and just really, if you've got your own theory, if you've got some, like, information that came through your family about this, hit us up on our subreddit, Old Timey Crimey, yep. over there, too. We would love to hear theories. We would love to get new leads in this case. I, uh, you know, it's, it's happened before. I don't know if it'll ever happen with this podcast, but it's happened before where podcasts have led to reopenings of cases mm -hmm. and gotten people convicted. Uh, Bear it's, Brooks is, comes almost immediately to mind. Yeah, it's usually investigative yeah. podcasts. We're not we're not quite that, but but yeah, any more information we can have. It, we it's, could be Christy if we if we focused a little bit. Jeez, if, if we called more people and actually investigated <laughs> instead of right. research, there's a difference between the two. We you're do a right. lot of research. We don't do hardly any investigating. Really, the only investigating either of us done was when you called to find out about the uh, the the. the Phony Thomas Edison diaries. Who, who can you call at this point? The only person I could call is I Burger know. King. That's the thing. Yeah, <laughs> Burger call, King. Call Burger King. Do you know anything about the Mad Gasser? Can I have a copy of your menu? <laughs> Mail me a burger. Hang up. <laughs> Mail me a burger. I think on that note, uh, this has been old timey crimey. Mail us a burger. Mm. And uh, thank you very much for listening. We had a fantastic time. So thanks so much, and uh, see you, Gumshoes. We will talk to you next week. See ya.